Great Grief is sponsored by Perkins & Will, a multidisciplinary architecture firm telling the unique story of every place through research-based design. Information online at PerkinsWill.com. Welcome, welcome one and all to the Great Grief Holiday Special. Special, special, special. I'm Nina Freelon, host of the WUNC podcast, Great Grief. And it's my pleasure to have your company as we transform my living room into a life room. All are welcome, yes, you, and you too. The seen and the unseen, the seen and the unseen. And of course, grief. Our guest, invited or not, she is right here. Come on in, Big G. We know. We know you been, no, come on in, sit down. Take those boots off. Here we go. I'd like to introduce my wonderful partner and fellow grief sojourner, Courtney Nepierre. <laughs> I said her name Frenchie. The French way. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's what it is from now on now. <laughs> Ms. Freelon, it is such an honor to be in this space to remember and to spend time remembering with you, this beautiful home that your incredible husband built, and to be here with all of these incredible folks who you gathered so lovingly and thoughtfully to share their stories of grief and grieving, celebrating and remembering. Miss Glenda, if we can start with you, if you don't mind sharing the first name of the loved one or loved ones that you are bringing into this space with us today. I am honored to bring into the space my mother. Mary Jones. So beautiful. Mm, welcome, Thank Miss you. Mary Jones. Welcome. Next, and please also introduce yourself, too. And I'm Glenda Jones. Yes, Miss <laughs> Glenda Jones. I'm Lois DeLoach, and I am pleased to bring into the space my mother, Rosa May, and three brothers, Robert, Donald, and Walter Jr. Hi, uh, my name is Joshua Vincent, and I would like to bring in my grandmother, Jenny. Hi, my name is Kristen Hopkins, and I would love to bring in my grandmother, Daisy Chandler. I'm Nina Freelon. I'd like to bring my beloved husband, Phil Freelon. I don't have to invite him because he's like, <laughs> this is his house. <laughs> he's always up in here. <laughs> and also my sister, Debbie, um, and my aunt, who just recently transitioned. She was 92. Wow. And her name was Deborah. So my sister was named for this aunt who passed. And come on, y'all. Come on, mm, y'all. Come on Ms. in. Deborah. Yes. Hi, Debbie's yes. sister. And I, Courtney Napier, am bringing in my cousin Amanda, my grandmother, Grandma Laura, and my granny, Granny Lorraine. 
This feels much more like a holiday, doesn't it? It we does. We got a full house. I think I smell some cornbread dressing. I think so, too. <laughs> Ooh, we. All those old good recipes. So we have a saying in the African-American tradition. We have a saying that every goodbye ain't gone. Has anybody ever heard that? Every goodbye ain't gone. You know, every shut I ain't sleep. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So let's, uh, let's explore that musically, that every goodbye ain't gone. Every goodbye ain't gone Every goodbye ain't gone Lay my body down But my soul lives on Every goodbye ain't gone Every shut I ain't sleep Every shut I ain't sleep This is such a comfort to me that every mm. goodbye ain't gone. Yes. I hope it's yes. a comfort to you. Yes. Mm, let's talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so beautiful that maybe, and let's talk about it, what if grief is another way of loving? How have you kind of had those moments as you're thinking about all the people that are with us right now and and you're feeling that pull that, you know, that pull downward, um, the emotions that come, the sadness, and then you realize, like, wow, they meant so much to me. Describe, describe one of those moments, if you would. Josh, how did, how did those moments kind of manifest for you? For me, I think I learned to find a beautiful balance um, of loss uh, especially this year, because it was happening around me so often. Mm. And because it was frequent in a short amount of time, I think in about, in less than 60 days, I lost three people wow. close to me. Wow. Um, two aunts and a friend. Mm. And there was a kind of preliminary kind of conversations that mm -hmm. had kind of prepped me for it as I began to reflect on the impact of that loss. And it began to become clear to me that this grief, this loss was something that required me to be in relationship with it and not in control of. Ooh. And so I learned, I am learning still to 
find those loving points uh, when the pain comes to understand that kind of balance uh, between uh, the grief and love and and, and what it really means to uh, be in a relationship with people even when they're no longer here. Yes. Mm. Wow. Yes, in relationship with grief, not controlling grief. That is beautiful. That, that is love. That sounds like that needs to be a song. What do you think, y'all? To be, to be in relationship and not controlling. I lean into you. someone is not the only definition of grief. I think we've all experienced a collective grieving over the past few years on a lot of levels from the political nature that we're in where Black lives and the importance and the mattering of Black lives is been put to question to an economy that is less than predictable to the restriction of our ability to move about freely, to see our loved ones, to go to the things that bring us joy because of COVID and all the things that we lost during that time. If you would, um, if anyone feels comfortable, I want to call on Miss Lois first, but what are some of the things that, the other things that you've been grieving outside of the loved ones that we've lost? I particularly mourn the loss of togetherness and community in a physical, intimate way. Although we are emerging from the, the depths of the pandemic, we're having to relearn how to move and be with each other in a more organic and natural way. You know, whether to mask or not to mask, who you can invite in your home. And we all went through that period of, are they vaccinated or not vaccinated? It, it's a lot at um, an emotional level, a spiritual level, a physical level. So I think more than anything else, that's I'm trying to adapt and be flexible and there are glimpses of joy now um, as opposed to having to analyze and calculate every situation a year ago. Almost like redefining what joy, togetherness, community, thoughtfulness around your health and so forth. Redefining what that looks like. Kristen, you have some more to add there. Yeah, for me, uh, pre-COVID, I would say I didn't know I was such a big hugger, right? And then I grieved hugging people. Like, it was the lack of the interaction, but also the physical touch. I was not, that was not my love language until after COVID, I realized I need to be touched. I need to be, you know, hugged. And that was a grieving process in itself, you know? Kristen, that hits. That hits for me. Miss Glenda... I feel I could see something in your face. There's something going on behind those beautiful <laughs> eyes. There's a lot going on behind the eyes. I, I feel that one of the things I grieve the, the loss of is seeing smiles. Wow. A smile communicates so much. And with a mask, we can't see the smile. And mm. I connected with people I didn't even know through a smile. Yes. So 
I'm, that's one of the things that I, I agree with. Yeah, I've forgotten oh. about that. You know, I don't even recognize some people with the mask on. Yeah. And so it's like, and even when I'm out, I want people to know it's me. So I'm tempted to pull that mask down so you clear. Yes. <laughs> hey, it's me. And we have friends and loved ones who are not deceased, but who are in an Alzheimer's cloud. Yes. And their, their bodies are here, but their minds are elsewhere. Yeah. We have friends who've lost jobs. That's a grief. Mm -hmm. That's a heavy grief. We have friends who are incarcerated, who they are not passed away, but they are put away. Yeah. And there is a grief also around these holidays that we cannot be together. So I think everyone is sharing that same heaviness of spirit yeah. of not being able to be with those that we love. So I have written a song, which I think would be really great to do right now. And it's such a new song that it doesn't have a title. <laughs> Maybe you can title the song for us. like rain drapes around my jagged edges again swallow this bitter bitter brew an empty cup that
our queer yeah, apparel, yeah. honey. That's it, our queer with our queer apparel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We never know what the year is going to give or to take away. But here we are again, and there's the tension between what we remember, what we desire, what we long for, and what is. That's mm -hmm. the tension. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, Let's yes. Let's talk about that. Yes, that tension, that tension between what we want and what we have. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the way that the traditions have changed, how that's what that reminds me of. How have we adapted? Um, Ms. Lois, you mentioned adaptation earlier. How, how have we adapted some of the traditions? How have we maybe brought in new ones to bring in feelings that 
maybe for a moment we thought were going to be lost during the holiday season? Wow. I think of fogged windows in the kitchen and my mother cooking because Mm -hmm. all of the relatives were coming from Philadelphia and Brooklyn and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and it's after hog killing time, but not quite Christmas. And it's all about preparation, Mm -hmm. right? Those memories are deep and rich and you always want to evoke some of those. Mm -hmm. So who's going to make, attempt to make mama's chicken pot pie or the grated Mm -hmm. sweet potato pudding? You know, who would dare attempt to do that? But somebody (laughs) usually will. And so it's about missing those who are no longer here, but bringing them into the space in a different way. You just said something so profound, the diasporic nature of our traditions. Mm -hmm. Now that grandma, granny, and auntie are not with us in the physical, now we tell those stories. Yes. So our stories hold power, too. To talk about it, even though she didn't leave us a recipe. I mean, you know, they be they be going on to glory with them recipes. <laughs> that feast, that feast at the table you is going to be fire, Miss Glenda. Something that you mentioned about um, the memories being in different locations. Something that has worked has helped me is actually traveling mm. during that time to create new memories, and I take my ancestors with me Absolutely. during those times. It has really um, been a tradition that I have started and maintained for about five years now and has really helped me in the process of, in my, in my journey, my grieving wow. process. Yeah. And now um, it's like I really look forward to that time, this, this time of year coming because absolutely we have more time off work and people are able to move around. So it does help me. Even if it's a, just a distraction, it's an absolutely healthy distraction. Mm, yes, absolutely. Healthy that. distractions are, I love that. are welcome, especially we in the holidays. We have to create them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at you, Glenda, creating your distractions. <laughs> I know, right? I love it. Josh, Josh, you. I feel like I saw something going on. You had your hand on your chin. <clears throat> yeah, I um, just kind of going off of uh, what Miss Glenda said, the creating new memories. Mm-hmm. And how important that is to like the overall kind of, or at least my process for grieving, right? Like knowing that there are going to be additional opportunities, right? As long as there's life in me yes. to experience new memories yes. that, no, that don't necessarily cover up experiences or pain, but are gentle reminders or additional ornaments, right, to mm. the experience of life. And so you just, I, that's one of the things that I've gotten really excited about. I know we drove up the Blue Ridge Parkway a couple oh, of weeks ago. Wow. And just creating memories to add on to your life in that knowing that as long as we have breath, have life, that those ornaments are coming, you know. Mm. Mm. I love the word yes. ornaments. We yeah. got a brother who's a poet. I mean, I yes. It. I love it. So it's been a challenge for me. Yeah. I now live alone. And those celebrations, Christmas, Hanukkah, Ramadan, Kwanzaa, family gatherings of all kinds, the musical, cultural, food traditions, they all collide against the backdrop of losses, challenges, major life shifts. And that ushers in all kinds of feelings, sometimes in opposition to each other. Because I have grandchildren also, and I want them to feel the joy um, but sometimes your heart is, ha- is carrying more than one, you know, sort of vibe. 
but I miss my Phil so much during this time of year. I don't know about you, but for me, music holds the holidays. And maybe because of that, it also holds my grief and my joy. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above the deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in thy dark streets shineth. The everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the years Are met in thee tonight So, our little town transformed by loss Our deep and dreamless sleep the shuttered windows and doors of our lives transformed into a re unrecognizable place. What a strange place indeed. And who walks these streets? This little town, this little town, this little town, the one we've been thrust into by grief is foreign and we are refugees. Little town. I live in this little lonely town Knock, knock, who's there, who's there, who's there, who's there, who's there Lonely town Shuttered windows and doors are deserted no decorations no candles in the window how can I how can I how can I live in this lonely town What do we do when we feel like we are the only ones in this space? Your words took me back to the day that my cousin passed away. And I've been thinking about this question for a few minutes now. Where, where do you go to let go? Like, where do you go to release the grief? You know, that energy, as it grows, especially during this time of year, it strengthens, it pushes against those boundaries that we've put it in to go through our day-to-day. -day. It's just when it gets strong. Where do you go to release that, Miss Lois? I go to music, and I go to the outdoors. Mm. Having been raised in a rural area, this time of year is just absolutely magical. I, I go to the outdoors. Um, but I'll also preface it by 
identifying what you said about being in a different space. The, the evening my brother Donald passed away, um, I remember staying overnight with the, the night and then that coming out that morning and looking at the world go on as if nothing had happened. Mm. And I screamed and I was angry. It's like, don't you know that my brother just died? Mm. How, how can the sun just be the same and the traffic go on and mm. people go back and forth? Don't you know that something significant has happened? Mm -hmm. But when you move beyond that, it really is finding the places that inspire you and that soothe you. And for mm -hmm. me, it's music and it's the outdoors. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Josh, if you are comfortable sharing, where, do you, where have you gone? Where do you go? For me, music is a critical part of it. I have come to like think of it a little bit deeper than just the music. It's kind of where I learned discipline. I've heard said that, you know, if you're trying to find your way out, you have to go to where you first learned your discipline. And so for me, music was the first place that I learned discipline. It was practice schedules. It was, you know, fundamentals. Um, but for me also, um, sports, right, like working out was a place where I learned and, and discipline was reinforced in my life. And so between the gym um, and music, those are the two kind of, um, I call them my altars. They're my, my places that I wow. go to kind of deal with um, deal with grief. Mm, that sweat offering, mm -hmm. right? Oh, Tears, wow. sweat. Mm -hmm. Yes, all of Snot. it. All of it. All, all that. that. All that water. All your body water. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to talk for a minute about the blues. Yeah. Yes. The blues. Mm -hmm. The fact that the blues is that unique African-American art form created out of stories of circumstance. Mm -hmm. Hard times, difficult times, um, things longed for, things wished for, things you have that now you wish you didn't have. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole long list. So we've got a, we got a holiday blues. Checks worth a cash in. Ain't got no apps I can use. the blues ain't got no presents in my stocking
the bells are ringing but i'm not singing just seems i'm out here in the cold i'm going crazy about what it's sounding from. Yeah. I'm loving that we're talking about sadness because can joy be far behind? Yes. Did you want to read this little piece from Khalil Gibran? I, I do, yeah. I can go ahead and, yeah, give it a, give it a whirl. Joy and Sorrow, a, a poem inspired by Khalil Gibran. When a woman said, speak to us, of joy and sorrow. And he answered, your joy is your sorrow unmasked. And the self-same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. 
Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven? And is not the lute that soothes your spirit the very wood that was hollowed with knives? When you are joyous, look deep into your heart and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. When you are sorrowful, look again in your heart and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. Oh, that hits me. Some of you say joy is greater than sorrow and others say, nay, sorrow is the greater. But I say unto you, they are inseparable. Together they come And when one sits alone with you at your board, remember that the other is asleep upon your bed. Verily, you are suspended like scales between your sorrow and your joy. Only when you are empty are you at standstill in balance. When the treasure keeper lifts you to weigh his gold and his silver, needs must your joy or your sorrow rise or fall. So our brother Josh put that back in my face a couple of days ago, and it was divinely inspired because I've been wrestling with joy and sorrow. Um, Where do they, are they different things? And there's a lot here. I don't know if y'all want to, there's a lot here. Um, we do see them as separate things, but are they really? The two seem to always coexist. And in my life, because I am the seventh of 10 children, I had 40 first cousins. I'm in the season of life now where I'm on the younger end, which means that a number of loved ones are passing away. And in that moment when you're tempted to really go into deep grief, you think how blessed and fortunate I am and have been to have had all these people to love and to love me. So I think they always coexist, the joy and the sorrow. Thank you for sending me that Khalil Gibran, Josh, because that, um, I probably read it because I read him in college, but I had forgotten. So we have a song inspired by this particular passage, shall we? joy is my sorrow unmasked. Sorrow is a question joy forgot to ask. A simple flute carved with a knife. A melody so sweet You might believe you might 
a question that joy forgot to ask. Wow. 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 Uh, Here's to life and to love. Who is walking through the door this holiday season? Who, who represents those rainbows that are coming? Who is causing you to look forward to tomorrow? Miss Glenda, that beautiful face. You're giving it up. I see the mauve. Trying not to give it up and giving it <laughs> I up. I see the mauve in your cheeks. Yes. Um, so I'm approaching, I'm kind of approaching a spring where there's new life, um, new love, new possibilities. Mm. And um, I'm excited for the first time in my life. Wow. I can honestly say it is the first time, and I've lived several decades and I'm a great grandmother. Mm. So this is not something that I haven't had experience in, but mm -hmm. this is something I've never experienced. Wow. And um, I'm really excited about it. Oh, we're excited for you. Thank you. Yes. All of the processes of grief that I've gone through have prepared me for where I am in the season that I'm walking, to, walking into mm. with new love and new life. Mm. That sorrow prepared you for this joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Beautiful. That's giving me chills. Uh, oh, Josh, Kristen. Oh, wow. Yo, so for me, coming into this new season, I am bringing my more than wonderful fiance, and I'm bringing my newest version of myself. Mm -hmm. I think that over the last... Four or five years, I've been like on this really deep, intentional healing process that involved countless amounts of time alone, lots of mistakes, lots of lessons learned. And uh, in this new holiday season, I get an opportunity to like embrace that part of me, that new version of myself. Mm -hmm. And then also my niece, my brother, my twin brother just had a niece, um, a little girl in August. Um, and our entire family is just extremely overjoyed and excited about this newest addition to our family. And so traditions new get to get passed on and join the diaspora, as you mentioned mm. earlier. And so, yeah. I can smell her hair <laughs> right now. Oh, those baby feet. Baby Ooh. feet. Oh, yes. So sweet. Uh, so same, I'm bringing my fiance into this new season. Um, also, I'm bringing some new family members, um, some new parents-in-laws are oh, coming wow. in. Yes. And then also, I, I feel that I'm bringing in poetry mm, into yes. this new season of my life. It's Lois. I am bringing in the deepest levels of gratitude. Mm-hmm and freedom. Gratitude for deep friendships with Nina and lots of others. 
I'm so blessed in that way, long-term. These are 30-plus-year friendships that mm. continue to deepen and get richer. Uh, for new and for family, my, my husband of 20 years and my son and grandchildren and a new grandson and new nieces and nephews in the family. So I'm just bringing in this gratitude and freedom, the freedom to choose to just be when I want to just be, freedom from unnecessary anxiety and stress and expectations from other people. So that kind of freedom. So that's what I'm 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 bringing in. I'm loving that. Did you could you say free from expectations from other people one more time? (laughs) Say that. We do what we do in the moments that we do them in. Yes. And it's and and the freedom to not have to be excellent at everything. Amen. I can dabble. I can dabble. I be a dabbler. Yes. Say, are you a painter? No, I'm a dabbler. Amen. And I've spent a lot of money on paint. Because we are told a lie that we can only be this one thing. When, and that is not true. Not at all. And each season calls us to be something different. I am so glad I am no longer in the child-bearing, child-rearing years. Mm. That takes a lot of strength mm. and energy that I can devote to me now. Mm-hmm. It can be about me and also myself in the role of service in a wow. different way. Yes. Children to be taking up your time now. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that was then and this is now. Yes. So we have a, um, a closer that wraps this in particular conversation up so well. And it's around. Does anybody ever remember in camp singing around? So this is a round. I want everybody to sort of join in, get in where you fit in, and I will model it for you. The bass player and I will model it. Everybody I have ever loved, love, love is by my side. Everybody I have ever loved, love, love is by my side. Everybody
want to thank our beautiful, beautiful band, Andrew Berenson on piano. And Sinclair Palmer on the bass. Come on now. Beverly Bosford on percussion. Napier, Alice Fuller, Lois Deloach, Kristen Hopkins, Joshua Vincent, Glenda Jones. Thank you, WUNC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank great you, Miss Nina. The Nina Freelon. Nina Freelon. Ha <laughs> ha!